G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Foundations. They had to do ritual cleansing. Yes. Being physically clean and having all of the right bits in all of the right places on their outfits. There was a lot. I can't imagine what the rigmarole must have been for each priest just to get ready for it. Foundations. Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. In the last program, we began learning about the Kohanim, the priesthood, and especially how the priesthood began and the fact that it was in the family line of Aaron, who was Israel's first high priest. We learned also that the role of priest was absolutely essential for the people to have any kind of relationship with God. And being a priest came with restrictions on the priests themselves, as well as high stakes for stepping out of line. But what did the priests actually do? On a daily basis. That's what we're going to learn today on Foundations. Yeah, can I just say that if there was a job going, I wouldn't want to be a priest. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a lot of hard work, but it was, um, you're dealing with a lot of death. Mm. You're dealing with a real lot of death and you're dealing with the possibility of your own death Yeah, as well. As we, we talked last time, I mean, poor Aaron's two eldest boys were struck dead the first 10 minutes on the job. Mm, yeah, and And he wasn't even allowed to grieve because he had been... He was in a a position at that particular time of being anointed by God to start performing sacrifice. Yeah. He couldn't even leave the precinct of the of the tabernacle mm. to grieve for them. And that's pretty hard. So yeah, um, you kind of begin to imagine as a father how oh, that would be. Yeah, yeah, that is hard stuff. Yeah, that's, that's really right. hard. It's a very high calling. I guess that what it also does to me is that if you're going to stand up and speak and be and speak on behalf of God. And speak to anybody. As believers, we often will talk about um, what God is saying and, you know, I believe the Lord is saying this and I believe the Lord is saying that. Can I just say that it, we need to be really careful when we say things like that? Mm, yeah. Because if we are speaking on God's behalf, we're virtually putting words in God's mouth. Yeah. And I don't want to be guilty of misrepresenting him, yeah. which is why we say things like when somebody's sharing what they've learned from the Bible, you say, thank you very much. Mm. Now I'm going to go and check it for myself because people can be wrong. Mm. But it, I, I, let me tell you, you're never going to hear me say, oh, the Lord said this and God said that. Yeah. And the reason I'm so cautious about that is because I, I don't want to misrepresent him, even inadvertently, mm. because, again, God has a zero tolerance policy yeah, right. for that. All right, so what did the priests actually do then on a daily basis? They got really flashy clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, the, they had to wear special tunics, special linen underwear, a sash, a robe, a priestly turban. There was the ephod with the urim and thummim. And don't ask me what that is because I've never really studied that. I've, <laughs> I'm going to one day learn about this because mm. it's a little bit like, to me, it's a little bit yeah. out there. A bit. Confusing. Well, I've always seen it. 
seen it as being like a couple of dice that they sort of throw dice and it you know, yeah. comes up. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they knew what God wanted yeah, to do. Yeah, but but you know, but is that like casting lots? Because mm. that's not it's not like a lottery yeah. or gambling. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, one day, one right. day we'll, we'll add that to that. the list. <laughs> <laughs> there was the breastplate with the twelve stones that represented each of the tribes. This was what the high priest wore specifically. But the priests performed uh, all of the required offerings for the people that were all detailed in Moses' law, and that included. Annual sacrifices, like there were some just that were once a year, like with Passover, with mm-hmm. the Passover lamb. Sin offerings, there was guilt offerings. Remember the, the in Yom Kippur, the, the Day of Atonement, where they had the, the two goats. Yes. One would be slaughtered and one would be sent off into the mm-hmm. wilderness. The scapegoat. Yeah, some of those were just like annual. But then there was lots of others, you know, burnt offerings, peace offerings. Yeah. Heave offering. Yeah. I don't know what a heave offering <laughs> a is. A wave offering. <laughs> a wave offering and yeah. uh, meal offerings, yeah. dough offerings, drink offerings, and there's water libations. And I was I was looking at that the other day and thinking, what's the difference? Well, one might be wine, okay. but then there might have been a water offering mm-hmm. as well, wow. um, incense offerings. Like there were so many. If you read through Leviticus, you see you know, just how many there are, all the different sacrifices and the priests obviously performing those, as you say, some you know, daily and others on a you know, more annual basis, but certainly lots and lots of ones. Lots and lots of them. The priests followed a liturgical uh, calendar and there was not just the sacrifices, there was processions and sacrifices and then there was rituals. Uh, such as the priest blessing over the people. You know, every day I finish my show with the Aaronic blessing. Mm -hmm. Well, he would say that over the congregation of Israel whenever he ministered to them. That was something that the priest would pray all the time. Mm. What a a fantastic thing to do to bless the people. And God actually said, this is what you are to say. You have to say this. There were so many things. You know, they, there were incense offerings and there were specific things that they had to do with it before they could go into the tabernacle or the temple and make these sacrifices. They had to do stuff for themselves, ritual cleansing, yes. physical, being physically clean and having all of the right bits in all of the right places on their outfits. There was a lot. Yeah. I can't imagine what the rigmarole must have been yeah. for each priest and that, and the high priest every single day mm. just to get ready for work. That's right. And just to make sure that everything, as you say, was spot on. And obviously the, the priests are doing lots of these things we've just mentioned, but then the high priests, of course, have you know, certain things that only they could perform. Yeah. Well, precisely. And we've mentioned this um, already, but the Day of Atonement. Do you know the high priest would go through so much ritual and cleansing and offering of sacrifices for himself mm. and his own family first before he could even think about going and offering sacrifice for the people. Yeah. And then there was the, uh, I can't be- imagine how nerve-wracking it must have been when you think you've got everything, have I got, did I tick, tick every single box <laughs> today? Because I've got to go behind that curtain mm. in just a second and I haven't been in there since last year. Yeah. And I've got to go in there and I've got to sprinkle blood on the mercy seat. Have I, did I did everything? Did mm. I do everything yeah. before? I, and you know? And the people are outside waiting. Did he mm. do everything? Did he check every box? <laughs> yeah. And then he comes out and the people, oh, phew. Yeah. I mean, that's a nerve-wracking thing. Absolutely. And the point is, every single day of the year, animals were sacrificed for the priests and for the people. Every single day. The, the mm. tabernacle and the temple were constantly running with the blood of animals. Yeah. Constantly. And as we've we've talked about this many times, every single Verse of scripture, every single word is pointing to the Messiah 
and Jesus is our Messiah. And he is the fulfillment of all of it. And if you read, I used to find the book of Hebrews very complicated because mm-hmm. uh, it's all talking about the sacrificial system. But it's actually a really good book in the New Covenant. And it's talking about the role of the priests and how Jesus is actually the epitome of the most perfect, the most complete priest. Because all of the priests who'd gone before, well, they were all temporary. They lived, they died. Some of them were great. Some of them were dodgy. Some of them did their best and failed. But they all died in the end, Yeah. except for Jesus. And yeah. he did die, but he didn't stay dead. He mm. is the perfect priest. Exactly. Well, we read a bit of this in uh, Hebrews 7. Uh, I'll just read verses 23 to 28. It says, The former priests, on the one hand, existed in greater numbers because they were prevented by death from continuing. But Jesus, on the other hand, because he continues forever, holds his priesthood permanently. Therefore, he's able to save forever those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession Mm -hmm. for them. For it was fitting for us to have such a high priest, holy, innocent, undefiled, separated from sinners and exalted above the heavens, who doesn't need daily like those high priests to offer up sacrifices, first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people, because this he did once for all when he offered up himself. For the law appoints men as high priests who are weak, but the word of the oath, which came after the law, appoints a son made perfect forever. Isn't that awesome? Mm, I mean, the, the, the juxtaposition there of the weakness of the human line of priests yeah. as compared to the perfection and the eternal nature mm. of Jesus, our high priest, who's our Messiah. I mean, yeah. I mean, we've, we've talked about this a lot. The human priestly system was developed to be a temporary stopgap mm. for the sinful condition of men. And it was never going to be acceptable because how can an animal be an equal or appropriate substitute for a human? Mm. Because they don't understand one another. And, the, and, and what's more, the, the animal has no understanding of what sin is. But when Jesus offered himself, not only was he fully human, but he had full comprehension and understanding of what it's like to be mm. a human. He just never sinned like we did. So therefore, he didn't have to make a sacrifice for himself. He was completely innocent and gave himself a sacrifice for us. And you know what I love about that? It says he makes intercession for us constantly. That means he's praying for us. That's right. Yeah. How good is that? <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Perfect priest. And that, that perfect mediator that the high priest tried to do. Mm. And yet he is this perfect mediator between us and God. We don't need anybody else. Well, that brings today's program to a close, but a reminder that you can listen back to today's episode and others that you might have missed via our website or your favorite podcast app. Just search Foundations with Mandy and Robbo to find it or go to the website vision.org.au forward slash foundations. We invite you to join us again next time. And if there's a topic that you'd like us to discuss on a future program, I encourage you to get in touch with us via the website vision.org.au forward slash foundations. This has been Foundations, a look at the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. For study notes, resources and more, see vision.org.au slash foundations. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.